Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. Did you know that on jamesmillerlifeology.com, you can enroll in the academy I created for listeners just like you? I've created courses you may take at your own pace, which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Enroll in one of the classes today. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you find your voice and improve your self-worth. I'll also be interviewing author and motivational speaker, Kathy Takaro, who shares her inspiring story of hope. She'll also be reviewing her newly released book, Dream Big, Overcoming a Lifetime of Trauma and Abuse that Led to Dreams of Success. To find out more information about Kathy, please visit kathytuckerow.com. You may also purchase your book on Amazon or at jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Once upon a time, there was a shepherd who had 10 sheep. Every night they would happily sleep in a field together until one night something went wrong. When the shepherd came to gather the sheep in the morning, there was one missing. The next night, the nine remaining sheep went to sleep. But once again, when the shepherd returned in the morning, one was missing. The sheep were getting worried, so the next night, Wilbert, the sheep, kept one eye open to see what was happening. What Wilbert saw was astonishing. Just after midnight, one of the sheep started unzipping his wool, revealing a wolf underneath. The wolf approached one of the sleeping sheep and quietly killed and ate it before putting the sheep costume back on and going back to sleep. Wilbert was still shivering with fear when the shepherd returned to inspect his flock. When he discovered that another sheep was missing, he asked the flock if they had seen what had happened, but Wilbert chose to say nothing. The next night, Wilbert decided to sleep as far away from the wolf sheep as possible. The wolf sheep awoke, and the closest sheep was killed and eaten, leaving just six sheep left. The next few nights, Wilbert did the same, until there was only two sheep left, Wilbert and the wolf sheep. That morning, the shepherd arrived to find just two sheep left. He asked again what could possibly be going wrong. And this time, Wilbert finally told him what had been happening. Outraged, the shepherd managed to capture the wolf sheep and kill it. When he returned, he asked Wilbert why he didn't speak up sooner. If no one else had said anything, I didn't think I should either. I was afraid and I didn't think you'd believe me. I was hoping that the wolf would eventually get sick of sheep and go away by himself, Wilbert said. The shepherd shook his head in exasperation. Wilbert, wolves are wolves. They don't stop. They don't change and they don't go away by themselves. You need to speak up. Use your voice and say enough is enough. Finding your voice. As a child, the situations we experience determine our self-worth and our value. And then as we grow older, however we viewed ourselves as a child, that plays out in our adulthood. Have you ever saw someone and thought, my goodness, I wish I could speak my mind like them, or I wish I could really protect myself and say something. What's different between that person and you? The reality is there's nothing different. 
The only difference is the self-talk you have in your head to determine what you do to protect yourself. One of the things to think about with your voice is the thoughts in your head is essentially a voice. And I don't mean a literal voice, but when we hear the looping thoughts of I'm not good enough or I shouldn't say anything or I'm too afraid to say something, that is essentially the voice of your childhood telling you you can't do something. Conversely, the voice that you speak aloud, that is an extension of creating a healthy boundary for yourself. So the concept of using your voice is essentially changing the thoughts in your head by using a different voice to self-encourage, to have self-compassion. And when you can do that, it helps you then use your external voice to set those healthy limits. Limits, or in other words, boundaries that we set determine our success. Boundaries are very healthy for us. They keep us safe. The boundaries you create in your head of stopping yourself from saying, I can't do this, or I'm not good enough, or I shouldn't speak up for myself. When you have a different thought that says, no, that's not okay, you have a voice. The more you practice that in your head, the more easy it becomes to say that aloud. So right now, I really want you to analyze what are the typical thoughts you have in your brain, which tells you that you can't speak up which tells you that it's not okay for you to be assertive. When you can really identify those thoughts, you wanna ask yourself, well, why do I believe this? What is true about this? The reality is it's not true, but unfortunately you've believed it for a long time and it feels like it's true. So when you can create those internal boundaries of saying, no, that is not true. I have just as much self-worth as somebody else. That really strengthens your voice and helps you prepare to speak your voice aloud. The next step is if you find that you're in a situation where you're feeling unsafe, that can be people are disrespecting you, you're physically unsafe, emotionally, spiritually, unsafe, however that may be, it's important to set limits. Sometimes setting a limit or setting a boundary is just simply walking away, hanging up that phone. And if you aren't able to do something like that, then you just simply say, I'm feeling uncomfortable. I need you to stop. Now, granted, for some of you, that may seem really overwhelming, but when you can practice this in your head over and over again, that gives you the encouragement to speak your voice. If someone's not willing to respect your boundary, then you need to leave. You need to remove yourself from that situation. The more you surround yourself to those friends and family who really honor your boundaries, who honor your voice, that's when you can really feel safe. And when you speak up and set your boundaries for other people, your support group is going to support you as well. They will be right behind you, encouraging you and helping you enforce whatever boundaries you set. You're not alone in this, but when it feels like you're alone, once again, based on how you viewed yourself as a child, then you're not going to practice this. You have just as much right to speak your voice, to be safe, to be loved, to be nurtured as everybody else. Today, analyze the thoughts in your head Change that voice. Use that external voice to keep you safe. A quick example of one of the courses you'll find in the academy entitled, When All Hell Breaks Loose. (laughs) We've all experienced those times when nothing seems to go right. This class will specifically train you how to process the event, regroup, and use what was thought as a stumbling block and turn it into a stepping stone. Enroll in the class today. My guest today is Kathy Tuckerow. She is an incredible woman who has overcome much abuse and suffering. She is going to share her inspirational story of hope as well as discuss her new book, Dream Big. This book will help you overcome your own insecurities, fears, and doubts and help you live a life you are destined to live. Welcome to my show, Kathy. Hi, welcome. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you. It's such a pleasure to have you on my show. You are a, a different woman as far as the vocation that you have. And so I can't wait to tell my listeners about this. It's a wonderful opportunity for me to, to meet you and to help you share your message of hope with people as well. Like my husband and daughter say, mom, you're, you're one of a kind. <laughs> <laughs> you literally are. <laughs> you literally are. So it's, it's wonderful. You're actually calling from, from Canada right now. So thank you for, for your time. I really appreciate your, your ability to be with us today. 
Yes, I'm glad to be here. I work 10 days on and 10 days off, so this kind of landed on my on my time off, so this is great. Oh, it worked out well then. Wonderful. Well, let's just jump right on into it. You know, in a more serious note, of course, the person with whom I'm speaking today was not the person that grew up in an environment, a very abusive environment, very uh, dangerous, emotionally abusive, sexually abusive, many, many types of abuse you experienced. And I can't wait to really focus on... Uh, and not to minimize, I, I'm really excited to hear how you've overcome all of that and the lessons you're going to teach my listeners. With that in mind, would you kind of give us a backstory of how you grew up, some of the things you experienced, and then we'll move forward to who you are today. Okay. Well, um, I, I was molested uh, when I was four, mm-hmm. and I had a hand covering my mouth, and so it's as if that, like, to prevent speaking and, yeah. and, and crying out, and it's as if that hand invisibly has followed me my entire life. I have been unable to have a a voice in my own life called story, my own story called life. Mm -hmm. However, um, that has changed as of uh, when I turned 40. I'm now 48. Congratulations. Thank you. The um, Although the molestation started then, um, I was in a foster home. My mom uh, came and got me back, and then she remarried, but she didn't know it at the time. She married a monster. So mm. the abuse just continued, and it went to an incredible um, amount of uh, violence and more abuse in all in all kinds. And when she finally got away, I was 10 years old, and... Um, Things just kind of got really out of hand. Uh, there was no no real discipline, no um, no emotional help, and no mm-hmm. no support for us at all at the time. Yeah. So then it became well, my, my mom got into drinking, and there this kind of this pattern of dysfunction. <laughs> and throughout my teenage years, I was raped again, and um, I was put back to that foster home where I was molested again by the father. Hmm. Uh, charges, I, the police were involved, but nothing ever came of it. It turned out that it was all my fault. Like It was just really bad. And so I grew up with that really negative self-core belief yeah. that I was bad, that I wasn't good enough, that everything was my fault. Mm-hmm. And so growing up- And that you deserved, it, I'm sorry, I'm, if I can speak yeah. for you, that you deserved everything that was happening to you. Absolutely. And so it kind of, I never, because of that, um, that imaginary hand over my mouth that I just can't, I didn't have a voice. Well, I started modeling in my, in my, uh, 19, 2021. And I was in New York city in Miami. And again, I was drugged and raped by a photographer again. And I never said anything because I thought it was my fault. Mm And then when I was 19, I was gang raped in Montreal. And so it it just kind of, it was very, difficult for me. I found myself on a bridge just wanting to end life. I couldn't, I had no coping skills. I had no family support because my my family is very dysfunctional and they were all in their own problems. And so for what I did, I ended up moving across Canada here to Jasper uh, in Alberta and I started over. I went to a little bit of counseling, but it wasn't quite enough to really deal with the Mm -hmm. issues. So instead, I just kind of swallowed it and I started a nursing career. I had a daughter. Um, Things just kind of, I kind of put everything away until you can only pretend for so long, right? Exactly. (laughs) Wear that mask um, that everything is fine. And nursing really enabled me to do that because it's very easy for me to lose myself in someone who's dying of cancer or someone who's a burn victim or who has multiple, multiple problems. Well, mine didn't seem so bad, you know, in comparison. And that was not the healthy way of of dealing with it. But that's what I did. Mm -hmm. So 
what that eventually did was it slowly broke down my um, my mind frame and I started making poor choices uh, in the men that I chose and I started slowly drinking. I, I never drank until I was 30. And from 30 until 40, I had a 10-year drinking career, as I call it. Oh, goodness. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like I unleashed the beast. But yeah. anyhow, I made many poor decisions in my intoxication. Sure. And that just led me to seven years of an incredible amount of domestic violence. Mm. Um, I literally lived with a shovel on my deck to be reminded daily of what I would be buried with. Um, I Are can't you serious? even begin. I'm very serious. Oh I my could gosh. Not, I've been strangled three times uh, to the point of losing consciousness. I um, There's wow. a lot involved. But so by the time I finally got out, uh-huh. uh, I was 40. And I was still trying to pretend to nurse and still trying to put on that mask that everything is okay when I hadn't dealt with a single thing in life. Mm. Well, I went, where the breaking point came is I went to nurse one night and I was looking at my patient list and I couldn't read it. I, oh, I was done. I, I could not read my sheet. And I'm like, okay, I, I knew I was done, right? So that started me taking the steps into recovery, steps into learning to actually look at myself. Uh, I had to take, I actually took two years off of life. I stepped away from my nursing. I stepped away from everything. I went into this women's recovery center that they have here. It's a year long Christian program that they have. And it's, I mean, they give you food uh, or roof and you live there. It's Mm -hmm. basically to teach you about yourself and to learn. That is where I first learned about boundaries. I didn't even know what the word meant until I hit there. And codependency, that was a big one. Wow, (laughs) yes. So, and let me stop you for one second. I think that's a thing, you know, when people hear that, maybe like, oh, wh- wh- how did you never hear that or even know about that? But I, I think so many people can probably relate with, with your story in some degrees in the sense of maybe not to the extreme of the physical violence or the alcoholism, but just a simple, the simple understanding of self-worth and self-value. If it's not instilled in you, if someone struggles to find it, then the concept of boundaries, even though we may have heard of the word or maybe have it, understand it in theory, we don't really know what it means and how it keeps us safe. Boundaries always keep us safe. And so I'm so glad to hear that you were in this wonderful program that was able to instill this in you, to teach this to you, and to really give you the tools and techniques to move on in your life. That program was priceless to me. Mm-hmm, and, and it wasn't just the boundaries and the codependency, but also the biggest thing that they taught me was how to care for myself, mm. how to actually learn, like to go, where does this negative core belief come from? Yes. Find the root cause, not just, you know, like masking it with alcohol or, or whatever people do, um, the, the pretend, the masks, but it went really, really deep. I mean, I had to do a 12 week, uh, very intense sexual assault recovery group. It was to really deal with the emotional issues. I had to go learn about anger management. Of course. Yes. I'm sure <laughs> I, all that was bottled up for so long. <laughs> I'm very nice and kind. And I'm like, angry. I'm not angry. Oh no. It turns out I'll found out. <laughs> anger comes out in different ways. Anger yes. comes out in depression it comes out in eating disorders it comes out in all different kinds of ways and I had to learn that and so taking that time off was by far the best thing I couldn't have ever done for myself Mm. because what it's done was enable me to find out who Kathy really is and I'm like I was learning at the age of 40 I'm like wow I'm like this wow because (laughs) I was brainwashed by all the negative lies and all the things that have been told to me to hold me down so that I wouldn't succeed 
that I, I was believing them. Yes. I, I, I was having a hard time walking down the street looking at people in the eye because I felt so worthless. Mm. So that transition, it didn't happen overnight, that's for sure. But slowly, slowly, uh, I was like a... a uh, a caterpillar, you know, uh-huh, in the yeah, uh-huh. just, I blossomed into today into this beautiful, amazing butterfly. Wonderful. And I'm all over the place. And it's it's just the transformation is unbelievable. Yes. And it's I hear that, Kathy, if I can stop for one second, I hear the yeah. joy in your voice. And, you know, that that brings that, you know, it doesn't matter what I feel, but it does in the sense of it, <laughs> it brings joy to me. It brings joy to me to hear the hope that I hear in your voice, the, the joy of life, the, the joy of everything. You know, some people have been through so many horrific, horrendous things, but to be able to laugh today, to be able to smile today, regardless of your past, I think is a beautiful, beautiful gift that you give me and my listeners today. Oh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yes. That's thank good. you. But, uh, you know, I want to share a little story because when, when you talk about, okay, when people are depressed and, you know, they, they don't know where to turn and how do you change and how do you do this? Mm-hmm. Where that, where that, my decision came was after I lost my nursing and, and my daughter wasn't talking to me, I was still drinking heavily. Um, I got evicted. I, I couldn't pay my bills. I, I was just one big mess. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was as if there's a fog in my brain, like a, a big cloud hanging over my head. And I was so depressed, I couldn't even cry anymore. Mm. So I, I was homeless for a whole week. I mean, it doesn't sound like much, but believe me, when you, when you sure. come from, you know. So by the end, during this week, I'm walking around in a fog and just kind of trying to understand, like, okay, I'm educated, I, I'm smart. Like, how does this even happen? Like, you know, I'm looking at my surroundings, which are very dismal because these people are really lost. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, look at this. This is horrible but on the seventh day there's a man i was kind of following around because he knew where to get stuff and anyway he was, his name was toothless joe and <laughs> toothless joe he was happy with the circumstances right this yeah. was his way of living well he slapped me on the back really hard and he says this is the life live it love it and it, that slap on the back it it's as if it cleared the fog in mm. my head that cloud just dissipated wow. and I, I look at him and i say what did you say and it sunk in his words, and I, I, I actually stomped my foot, and I said, this is not my life. <laughs> oh, this, wow. And I repeated it. I said, this is not my life. I don't care what you're accepting of your circumstances. This wow. isn't working for me. <laughs> and it was in that second that I made a committed decision to change, that this is, this is not happening, right? Yes. And I turned around and I went and I got the help that I needed. I found the resources. I went and um, I went to the hospital. I, you know, you, you, you find what's around you yes. to help you get out of that. But it, see, it, it's the flip of a dime. I could have easily just, uh, because I was so depressed, I could have easily just said, oh, you know what? You're right. Mm-hmm. I've lost everything. I got nothing. I have no more career. What am I going to, you know what I mean? I could have easily sunk into that. But I made a choice to, no, no, this isn't happening. I don't know how I'm going to get there, yes. but I'm going to. Yes. And, I, and I, I, I love hearing this in the sense of that there's so many things that happen in life and a random situation, a random statement really can trigger us to finally say enough is enough. I refuse to have this in my life. You know, look at the whole aspect of you. If you were looking for alcohol or whatever things you were looking for, you would take that energy and you would find it. It's the same type of thing that, 
when we truly want something, whether it's healthy for us or not, but whatever we're looking for, we will find it. And it's the same thing when it comes towards success, towards life, towards hope, towards love, towards happiness. The more you seek for something, the more you will find it. And I'm glad to hear that in that moment, your your own self resilience kicked in and, and you were like, no, I refuse to have this in my life. And that's one of the most important things that I think everybody should remember or maybe think about is what is one of those serendipitous times in your life or my life and, and my listener's life that really was a pivotal moment? Because when we can reflect on that, when we're struggling with anything else, that reflection of that pivotal moment really launched me in a different direction or maybe cleared up that fog in my head or really caused me to do something different. That is one of those touch points that we can think about later on when we are struggling. Because if we're struggling in the moment, based maybe, maybe when it's like the minutia of life or the mediocrity of life, that pivotal moment gave us the energy. So then we can draw on that previous energy and say, yes, my life does not have to be like this. I did it before. I can do it again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the key point when I, in that moment, I didn't know what, what tomorrow held. Mm-hmm. I had no resources. I had no money. I had nothing, but all I had was that desire to change. Yes. So three years exactly from that decision, I'm standing beside the biggest truck in the world, mm. looking up at this. And I'm like, I, I had tears in my eyes. I was crying because I'm like, <laughs> Oh, Oh my goodness, how in the world did I end up here? And it was the same question that I had asked with Toothless Joe. How in the world did I end up here? Yeah. <laughs> so, but just in a short period of time, I'm, I was able to push myself along to now I drive the biggest truck in the world. <laughs> tell my you listeners, know? yeah, tell my listeners about what this truck is. Cause it's, I mean, when you people see the, the picture, it's like, whoa, I mean, you are like maybe an eighth of the size of the tire. <laughs> it's huge. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, it, I, I ended up going to a career planning workshop because at the time now I was 42. What do you, how do you change careers? Mm-hmm. Like all I was nursing. It was very difficult for me. I don't even know what I really like. So when I went and did the aptitude test, um, all everything came back to be a heavy equipment operator. I literally, I just about fell off my chair. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, that's a man's job. I'm 42. I'm a woman. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but the woman, she says, if only you would believe in yourself, mm. you will see that this is right. So she put on a Les Brown video on It's Possible. And that, that Les Brown video uh, planted a seed in my head that, you know what, maybe I can do this. Wow. So I went to uh, a women building future. This is a program that they have here where they get women into the trades, whether it's construction, plumbing, heavy equipment or whatever. And the day I went in, Imperial oil was doing a pilot project. Imperial oil is the same thing as Exxon mobile in the States. Mm-hmm. They were doing a pilot project of bringing women into the trades. They were paying for 16 women, which is $18,000 per woman. Um, to take this training and then they would hire some. Oh. So out of the 16, they hired 11 and I got hired. Wow. But I mean, there was 170 women that applied and my, and I mean, why would they pick me? Right. So I went above and beyond and all their tests that they wanted me to do. I went way ahead so I of could course shine. You did, yeah. <laughs> like I needed this. Yeah. <laughs> and so no, I got hired and uh, this was four years ago and it has absolutely changed my life from end to end. I mean, I, I work 10 days, I get 10 days off, I get a month paid vacation. Wow. Um, so what do you do on this truck? 
Oh, I, well, you just drive. Uh, what we do is uh, we work in the in the oil sands, uh-huh. so it's an open pit mine. So we're we're clearing off the top dirt. You bring it to the dump, and then you go back, and um, you they, they they bring oil sand. It's mixed with the sand, uh-huh. and then we dump it in the crusher where it brings to the plant. Where the sand goes one way, the oil goes to the refinery and the plant and all that. So oh, I just wow. Yeah, I'm just in that giant 400-ton truck, oh, which is literally the size of a two-story building. That's amazing. And, yeah, and so that's all I do. I sit in that truck for 13 hours a day, 10 days straight. We live in a camp uh, way up. Uh, it's almost to the border of Northwest Territory, so we're really oh, far wow. north. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yes. really far north. But uh, it's, 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 alt- it's incredible for a job. Yes, it, really it sounds like it's amazing. Tell me more it about is. your book, uh, Dream Big. Tell us more about that. Okay, the book itself is, um, yes, it's my life story. However, I didn't want to just recount, you know, it's it just another abuse story. Sure. It's not that. I What I wanted to do is dwell on the emotions attached to it. So every chapter has an emotion. Like the very first chapter is fear because that's my first emotion. Mm-hmm. The second chapter is loneliness, the, then the despair. But it also has, you know, hope, courage, and self-esteem, you know, a bunch of things. But like I just kind of I'll talk about fear a little bit. I'll relate not into great detail. I'll relate some of my some of things that happened to me. And then I, I give solutions or suggestions mm-hmm. on how to deal with it. And then every chapter has got four or five questions for the reader to actually take a minute and look at themselves. And, well, what am oh, I? Wow. OK, I love that. You know, so it's just a because in today's world, you're so busy with everything in life mm-hmm. and tablets, you just whatever that people I find forget themselves. Yes. So if as you're reading my book and there's simple questions, you know, ooh, what would I do if I wasn't afraid? What could I accomplish? Mm. How far could I go? That really is empowering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not a big book, but it's 150 pages. But I had an artist uh, draw me some wicked, wicked drawings for mm-hmm. five of the different chapters. Oh, that's um, wonderful. It's, it's a very powerful book. It really, truly yes. is. And uh, the, the book is aimed to plant a seed, really. And not in just anyone. You don't have to have gone through a severe amount of trauma or abuse, but it's for anybody that wants to change. Anybody that is full of self-doubt or mm-hmm. questioning or doesn't know. It, it's just aimed to plant a seed that, you know what, maybe I can do this. Maybe I, I, I'm not um, as weak as I thought. Or, you know, it's, it's just basically to, to look at yourself and figure out what you can do to change. Yes, we all have a version of whatever our core belief is. You know, sometimes we think we're this most inspired person or really talented person, but other times we have that fear, we have that loneliness, we have that self-doubt. And when that happens, we don't realize that that core belief is really hindering us from reaching our full potential. So I'm so glad to hear that uh, on the full spectrum of these emotions that you are able to help people wherever they are in their life really have that moment of reflection. Is this true? Who told me that this was true? Why am I believing this is true? Or, well, if there's an inkling that it's not true, then perhaps I don't have to feel this way anymore. And so it's so great to hear that you give these tools and techniques to help people overcome whatever they're struggling with. Yeah, no, thank you. And, and you're absolutely right. And I didn't realize that until I hit recovery. Like, <laughs> if I woke up at 40, I'm like, what? Yeah. Where am I <laughs> That's wonderful. You also have a YouTube clip as well, right? I do. I put an eight minute video on there. It's a little bit about what's in the book. Um, It's just kind of a teaser. Uh, There's a lot more involved, but I just put a little bit of uh, so people can see 
what exactly I've been through, mm-hmm. you know, but the, the book is way more in, uh, in depth into how, how I dealt with it and how I got over it and the emotions attached to it. Right. So wonderful. So what I do today, now that I've started um, this, uh, now I go to women's shelters. I give self-esteem classes. I, I give uh, a lot of personal development classes. I go to, I go to schools. I do the same thing. I go to recovery centers. I go to programs. I go to youth centers and I, and I teach self I teach um, uh, goal setting. I teach uh, anything for empowering uh, themselves, right? And so I just did a, a, a program down in Grenada in the Caribbean for a girl who wrote her story on her sexual abuse. Well, I said, you know, I hadn't been on a trip in two years, so I'm going to go on my 10 days off. <laughs> And so I went, but while I was down there, I toured two schools. I went to a university. I went to a juvenile detention center and I went to the women's shelter and I spoke to the workers. Wow. I was on TV three times. It was absolutely so amazing mm. what I did there. And basically it's raising awareness and breaking the silence on abuse because there's a lot of people that won't talk about it. Yes, and they live true. lives traumatized. Yes. Okay. You know, Kathy, I was just thinking, and we're going to wrap up here in a second, but I was just thinking, you know, as as a child, having that physical hand or that imaginary hand over your mouth as you were experiencing all that, well, obviously that's no longer there and you have found your voice. You have found your voice and you're shouting from the rooftops that there's hope, that there is an answer for all those people who are afflicted with any of these self-doubt, these worries, physical abuse, sexual abuse, anything that they're worried about or anything they're struggling with. So you have found your voice and I'm so glad that you're on my show today. So thank you so much. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you and about all the amazing, wonderful things you're doing where would they find your information online kathy tuckerow.com so kathy with a k and tuckerow.com and i have i list all what my calendar of events and what i'm doing and um yeah there's a the, the i give the introduction to the book free so it's on there and if uh people pre-buy the book before september they will get the first chapter and they'll get a 30 minute free coaching session with me as well so wonderful well kathy thank you so much for being a guest on my show today and for sharing your amazing wisdom we really appreciate it Thank you very much. And and please, for the, for the listeners, go to YouTube, type in my name, Kathy Tuckerow, and you'll see the video and it'll give you an idea. And then you can go to my website. <laughs> thank you very much for having me as a guest today. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, Thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.